Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on Good Friday, 2022, on the basis of John chapter 19, verses 17 to 30. Carrying his own cross, Jesus went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests and the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is, this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finish, finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Abraham, the father of, of the Jewish people, he, he waited a long time to have his first son. Uh, maybe you remember a little bit about the story of, of Abraham. God had come to Abraham and he had made him a, a promise. God came to him actually several times and renewed his promise and, and added on to his promise. And he promised that Abraham would be a great nation. And that many descendants would come from him. In fact, his, his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Yet, you know how long it took from, from God's first promise to when Abraham finally had his, his first son? It took 25 years. It took a long time and Abraham and, and his wife Sarah waited patiently for this son to be born to them. And when he finally was... Can you imagine how precious that son was to Abraham? This was his son. Not to mention this was the fulfillment of God's promise to him. He now had the son that God had promised. And so perhaps the situation has a little bit of cruelty in it. When God comes to Abraham just several years after that, and asks Abraham to sacrifice his only son on Mount Moriah. This, this was Abraham's only son. 
Can you imagine the pain that, that struck Abraham as God asked him to sacrifice his only son? There's almost an inhumanity, a, a gruesomeness in asking someone to give up their only son. That, that gruesome feeling is, is very palpable today. It's maybe a little outdated now. It's been out for 18 years, but, but perhaps the, the movie The Passion is still a, a popular movie amongst Christians. Maybe some of you remember the, the first time that you saw that movie, The, the Passion. Uh, I was 11 years old when, when I first saw it, and I saw it in the, in the theaters with my dad and with some of the people from the church. And, and like many others, for me, it was the first time that I could actually feel the gruesome nature of that, that crucifixion. Yeah, I'd heard the accounts of Jesus' crucifixion read in school and in church multiple times. I knew how it had happened, but to see it reenacted in a modern way was sobering, to say the least. In fact, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I spent most of, of the movie, or at least the second half of the movie, with my eyes closed because it was too gruesome for me to take. This movie got a lot of things Right, And one of the things that it captured very well was the gruesome nature of a crucifixion. It was just an awful way to die, perhaps one of the worst ways that you could possibly die. Starting with the flogging on Jesus, that they flogged him and they took pieces of skin off of his back. He bled and bled. And that blood loss caused dehydration and he's already in this very weakened state and he's not even out at Golgotha yet. And then the fatigue was added on as he's supposed to carry his own cross. And we see that Jesus, he couldn't even make it. He couldn't even carry his own cross out to Golgotha. He was so weak and so beaten down. And then there was the pain that, that they felt as, as the nails were driven into his hands and driven into his feet. And then there was the humiliation of being lifted up so everyone can see. And then there was the slow death by suffocation on the cross. Gruesome doesn't even really begin to cover it. Yet, with this crucifixion, the descendants of Abraham had finally gotten their wish. The Jews, they were the descendants of Abraham. And from the very beginning of, of Jesus' ministry, they sought to silence him and get rid of him. And now as he hangs on that tree, they're finally getting what they wanted, what they wished for all this time. Jesus hanging on the cross between two criminals, being put to death by, by the Romans, with a sign above his head that says, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. And in front of him, his, his clothes are, are divided up, and they cast lots to see who gets them. This scene of Jesus on the cross could hardly have been anticipated. Just a few days prior to this, Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on a, on a donkey, receiving a grand welcome, waving palm branches, cheering crowds that were, were shouting and cheering him and saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And now he's hanging on a tree proclaiming that very name. He's being crucified for saying that he is the Christ, for saying that he is the Messiah, that he is the, the Son of God. He's accused of blasphemy and treated as a criminal. And with this death, we see just how much the people hated him. Just how much they despised him. It wasn't enough for him to just be beaten and let go as Pilate, as Pilate suggested. They needed to humiliate him. 
They needed to murder him. They needed him gone and out of their life. And as we take in those details, and as we see that picture in our head, we may say in exclamation, look at what those Jews did. They killed the Son of God. And really, this ought not have been surprising. They had rejected God for centuries and centuries. The Old Testament is riddled with example after example of how God's people had rejected him. And now we have just the biggest rejection, just the most vivid picture of their rejection. How could they? Yet any amount of indignation that we might feel, any amount of outrage we might feel is is just a mask. It's our own mask to hide what we know from Scripture to be true. That it was our sin that put Jesus through that suffering. It was our sin that put Jesus on the cross. The sins we know about and the sins we don't even remember. The sins we feel guilty about and the sins that we feel like are no big deal. It was those sins that caused Jesus to suffer with this severity. That was the severity of our sins. Sins that we often feel so apathetic about that we commit without even a second thought. Sins that we might even excuse by saying, oh, you know, God will understand that sin. Yet it was that sin that caused the death of the Son of God. It was that, those sins that put the Son of God to death. Uh, later, a- after the Pentecost, Peter would, would stand up and he would address the crowd of people, many of which were Jews in the crowd, and he, he said a phrase that could also be applied to us. You killed the author of life. You killed the Son of God. Our sin took God's one and only Son away from from Him. Yet, yet it was that for that purpose that God sent His Son. Because God is a God of grace. And love. Because God doesn't want you to be treated as your sins deserve, because God doesn't want you to face eternal punishment for your sins, He commissioned His one and only Son. His Son who had been with Him from eternity. His Son who had witnessed Adam and Eve falling into sin. His Son who had witnessed the the years, the centuries of rejection that the Jewish people had, had levied against Him. He sent that Son to be the substitute for mankind, to be your substitute, and he certainly was. He was like us in every way, yet he did not sin. And we can even see that on the cross. As Jesus hangs there in excruciating pain, he he prays for his enemies. He shows perfect love for his enemies. He, He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. As he hangs there and the wood digs into his back in so much pain, he's not thinking about himself. He's worried about his mother. As his mother Mary sits there, stands there and her heart is pierced with sorrow seeing her son on the cross, Jesus is concerned about her and he's concerned about taking care of her after he's gone. And so he gives John to her to be the caretaker to take care of him or of her. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. Jesus was our ram. When Abraham brought Isaac to Mount Moriah, 
He was fully intent on putting Isaac to death, sacrificing Isaac, just as God had said. He had the altar built. He had the knife sharpened. He was ready to sacrifice his only son until God stopped him. God stopped uh, Abraham from killing Isaac. And in place of Isaac, God gave him a, a ram that was caught in the thicket. And this ram was sacrificed instead of Isaac. Jesus is the ram. Jesus is the, the one sacrificed in our place. He, he's the one who went to death to give us life. He's the one who, who went to death to, to save us from our sins, to forgive us of all of our sins. The severity that Jesus suffered on the cross was, was just how much he loved you and I. And so in the cross, we see two things, kind of a contradiction of, of sorts. There's a gruesomeness to the cross, and there's a beauty. There's a gruesomeness in, in the law that we see on the cross. We, we see how severe our sins actually are. There's a gruesomeness in seeing what our sins did to Jesus. There's a sadness that we feel on, on Good Friday, but, but there's a beauty. Because on the cross, we also see the, the gospel on the cross, we also see what Jesus was willing to do for us, the, the, the amount of love that he had for us. And so today, we, we, we have a gruesome beauty before us. And here's the gruesome beauty. Today marks the day that the father lost his one and only son, but gained you as his children. Amen.